What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Lacoste Bucket Podcast. Tanner Demon here with y'all as always recording here on a Wednesday. Uh, y'all will be listening to this on Thursday as we preview the weekend that is to be in college lacrosse week two of the college lacrosse season. Really the first full slate that we've had um, this season so far. And I know February 20th is you know, really jam-packed, but this is really the first um, you know, big weekend that we've had. We had some we've had some big games um, here and there through the first two weeks, week zero, week one, had some good games. Uh, but this weekend is really the biggest weekend that we have um, thus far. It's a full weekend. We got from noon to 6 p.m. Um, or technically like 7.38. Uh, game starts at 6. Uh, North Carolina, Jacksonville caps off the night. Um, so from you know, noon to like 7.38, we got lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's going to be a, a, a great Saturday of, of, of college lacrosse action. Um, no Friday games. Uh, we did have one game today, and I'll talk about that here in a second, and I do want to get to that a bit before I preview some of these Saturday games. But uh, before we get to any game, talk of any games, I do have to mention the games that will not happen. Uh, so, unfortunately, there have been three canceled games or canceled slash postponed. Um, Delaware and Villanova has been postponed. Uh, and so I, I'm assuming, you know, they said postponed. Um, so I'm assuming it will probably be tried to be make up, made up. Um, that will depend, obviously, on what the schedules uh, allow. Uh, Villanova is in the Big East, which is obviously doing a heavy, a conference heavy, heavy schedule. So, you know, where will they fit? Where will they fit that in? Um, I don't know. So that game is off the table this weekend, as well as Marquette and Cleveland State. Uh, that one has been canceled as well. I do want to, you know, uh, you know, mention this. Speak. Uh, both games are canceled due to. Uh, COVID-19 issues within the Delaware program and the Cleveland State program. So uh, for Villanova, Delaware, it's because of Delaware. Marquette, Cleveland State, it's because of Cleveland State. Now, there's another situation that, and I'll talk more about the game, but Army is now playing Virginia. They were originally scheduled to play UMass. They've opened against UMass for you know, about a decade now. Um, they've opened against UMass. And uh, if you if you all remember last year, Army just absolutely clocked UMass in that open. This year, the game, and that was up at West Point at Mikey Stadium. This year, it's back, was supposed to be back in Amherst um, at Garber Field. Now, that game has been canceled. And Army has now picked up Virginia, who had a bye week, an, an open week. So they picked up each other as an, op- as an opponent. Um, 
UMass, the reason this game was canceled was due to um, they some and I don't have the article or the post up in front of me, but it was like they raised the level from like medium to high or something along those lines um, throughout the campus. So not just within the athletic department, but that in turn put the entire athletic department on pause. I know there is a petition going around now um, that I've been sent it multiple times. Um, that And I'm sure you can find it on Twitter. Just look up UMass petition or whatever. It should pop up um, to have them open up athletics again. Um, they're on a two-week pause right now, I believe, um, which... I thought it was only supposed to be 10 days now, but every, um, when you quarantine the CDC, I think, you know, trimmed it down to seven or 10 days, depending on whatever. Um, but different conferences have different rules. Um, I'm assuming the CAA has a two week period or that might be UMass that has that. I don't know. Uh, but UMass isn't a two week, uh, quarantine situation or shutdown situation, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so their first two games have been canceled. Army is off the table. And then the second game was against UMass Lowell. That game is off the table as well. So UMass, their first game now, assuming everything goes to plan, um, will be February 27th at Boston U. So no game this weekend. No game next weekend unless something changes. Um, and the first game would now be at Boston U on February 27th. So unfortunate situation there. Um, you know, this weekend with three cancellations. But hopefully uh, they should decrease as uh, the season goes on, um, as the you know warmer weather, uh, as it gets warmer outside. Um, and, and things of that nature that should decrease, um, just kind of like we, what we saw from football, where at the beginning you had more than you did at the end. Uh, you got guys coming in uh, from other places. Um, you know, there's a lot of exposure um, all over the place there, so you can, you know, have more cases, whatever. Um, but that's enough cancellation talk. Um, really, really. I uh, hate that we have to talk about that this year, but uh, it is part of the game. And, you know, that's part of the reason why I, I've said, and I know many, many others have said, like, this is going to be the toughest year. Like, whoever's standing holding that trophy on Memorial Day, like, they will be the, I don't want to say the champion of champions, but, like, th- that'll be the toughest title to win this year, not only because of the talent across the country, but um, the lacrosse landscape, but just what you, what these teams are going to have to go through um, to get to that point. Um, and, and we're already already starting to see it um, with cancellations, and uh, we've seen it a bit with uh, guys being out for games and, and things of that nature, and that you know, takes us to our game that we had today uh, down in Jacksonville. Uh, Bellerman played Jacksonville 
Um, there's no SoCon matchup, but did not count for uh, towards the SoCon standings. Uh, so a non-conference game against the conference opponent. Uh, SoCon teams are doing that multiple times. Uh, Bellman already played Mercer in the first game of the season. Same situation. Uh, this was Jacksonville's opener. Uh, they scrimmaged Limestone over the weekend. And, um, you know, we, we've seen teams come out a little slow um, in their first game. Um, besides the obvious Virginia, North Carolina. We've seen teams come out a bit slow, a bit rusty. Um, and, you know, at the beginning, like the first two minutes of this game were pretty slow. Um, and, and, and both teams were pretty slow. Um, wasn't a whole lot going on. And then Braden Brown gets that uh, first goal of the game for Bellarmine at like the nine-minute mark or whatever. Um, and then I believe it was on the 5.50 mark when Jacksonville just, ju- they just put it in another gear. And um, they just ran all the way to the finish line. Um, Dolphins, 9-1 run late in the first quarter to take a 9-2 lead at the half. Um, and Bellarmine, Bellarmine was just never able to come back. Um, they, let's see, it was 27-31 to 31 at the faceoff dot um, is what Nathan Cap had for Jacksonville. Amazing day for him there. Um, Bellarmine... They were out. They were without Ian Riley and J.C. Higginbotham, who Ian Riley has started the first two games in goal. Higginbotham took over in the second quarter against Utah and played really well um, for the the majority of the game. He was in there the majority of the game, essentially from it was like. I think it was like they had a timeout maybe at the end of the first. They put him in and he just rode the rode the rest of the game, um, played very well. Uh, so you had Jack uh, Bozick in his first career start, his second ever game. Like his, This is the second ever game that he's played. Uh, he played against Hampton last year, and he is you know, had, was thrust into the starting position with Riley and Higginbotham not being available. You know, I don't know why they weren't available, but they were not available. Um, and Bozik stepped in and, uh, you know, he played, he, you know, to his credit, he played a solid game and certainly, um, you know, you know going to help him in the long run because if, if, if this situation arises again, um, he certainly, you know, knows how to play in a game situation, um, not in garbage time against, um, you know, Hampton, but he knows how to play in a situation where he's just getting peppered, and that's what he did all day. Um, so, you know, big, big win for uh, Jacksonville on the scoreboard. Uh, it was 19-8, to if I didn't mention that already. 19-8 uh, to victory. Uh, Jacksonville looked really good. Um, Jack Dolan led the game. Three goals, three assists, uh, six points there. Uh, Matt Stagnita. Played really, really well. Son of Jim Stagnita, uh, John Hopkins transfer. I thought he played fantastic. 
um, on the offensive end. Had one goal, two assists uh, for Jacksonville. Um, and this is going to be a dangerous team. This is a pretty deep team in the SoCon. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, this game was not against Richmond. This was not against Air Force. This was against Bellarmine, um, who I would uh, – no, I'd, I'd probably put Bellarmine Mosa as that kind of next tier outside of Jacksonville Air Force, Richmond, High Point. Um, they're kind of that next tier. Um, so kind of that second-tier team in, in your conference, but uh, certainly a good win for, for Jacksonville to start the season. And they will head now to North Carolina to play the Tar Heels on Saturday. Um, and that's going to be an interesting one because when you look at what North Carolina did to Denver, I don't think they're going to do that to Jacksonville. And, like, let me rephrase that. I I think Carolina could absolutely murder Jacksonville. Like, they have the talent to do that. But I don't think it's going to happen because Jacksonville, while they are coming off a game, what is it, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, three days, while they are three days removed from a game, they're not facing, you know, they're not a day removed like Denver was, or two days like Denver was. Um, so they, they're they going to have fresher legs, um, and they got a lot of uh, guys in at the end. In the second half, they pulled those starters a bit. Um, so, you know, certainly we know the SoCon and the ACC history of SoCon teams upsetting uh, ACC teams, most notably, you know, High Point taking down Virginia and Duke. Um, and then Richmond has given Duke a, a run for their money uh, the past couple of years. Richmond beat uh, Notre Dame a few years ago. Uh, Jacksonville has yet to get that signature win over a big dog. I mean, this could be the one they do it. Um, no, they looked good on both ends. Adam Baker, uh, first-time starter in cage, uh, he played very, very well. Um, didn't see a ton of shots. Bellman only had 22 shots, 12 on cage. So he didn't get a ton of, because they didn't have the ball, they couldn't want to face off. Um, and they got out, they were doubled up on ground balls as well. Uh, so couldn't get any of those, you know, second, second possessions or whatever. Um, so he didn't see a ton of action. And obviously this Carolina team with Chris Gray, Nikki Solomon, and all those guys is a lot better than this Bellman team. Um, and like I said, I think North Carolina will win that game. Like there's no, no question that North Carolina is the better team. But Jacksonville did look good today, and it will be interesting to, interesting to see how long they can hang uh, with Carolina. And I do want to mention, Evan Tyler did not play. Uh, I think he's preseason, first team, also con. Um, you know, the best returner from last season on Jacksonville. He was suspended for the first half of the game, uh, so he'll be there the full game um, against Carolina, um, and you know, you only have one game on your belt. There's a lot of newish faces on certain areas with a lot of transfers coming in. I mentioned Stagnita, um, and you know, they had Limestone to work some kinks out. They worked some kinks out here against Bellarmine, heading into a big matchup against 
North Carolina. Now let's you know come back full circle here a bit, uh, circle back around, I should say, a bit to Army and Virginia. We know what Virginia did to Towson. We know Peyton Cormier, Connor Schellenberger. I mean, they no uh, Charlie Bertrand went bananas on Towson. They absolutely dominated them. It wasn't even a game after, what, the two-minute mark in the second quarter? Like, it wasn't even a game. Uh, Virginia just absolutely beat up on them. Not from no opening whistle to final buzzer, but they beat up on them pretty bad um, after that first quarter. Army, uh, Virginia now moves to play Army. And we know what Army is. We know what Brendan Nickton can do. Uh, we know why, uh, we, uh, what they have in cage there uh, with Wyatt Schuper. Uh We know how good uh, this Army defense is. Marcus Hudgens um, is the top pole returning. Uh, and there's a lot of pieces to replace, but Army is always a very consistent team. Uh, especially on that defensive defensive end, uh, no matter who they have to replace. And look, there was a ton of guys they have to replace on both ends, but you look at the talent they bring back, Nick Tone, Shupoy, Hudgens, like this is a, they have that experience that they can build around with some of these younger guys. Um, and this is the first time, hold on, let me go check, uh, my notes here real quick. This is the first time since 19... Okay, first time since 1985 that Army and Virginia will play. Army holds a 10-3 to series lead. This is Lars, Tiffany, Lars Tiffany's first game against the Black Knights since he was at Stony Brook. In, what was it, 2005-ish? Uh, was his last year at Stony Brook? So this is his first no matchup against the Black Knights since then, and Virginia's first since 1985, which I, I found pretty interesting there. Um, you always find that interesting when you see, like a few years ago, Virginia and Lehigh played each other for the first time ever. First time ever. Like, and those are two of the, when you look at the landscape of college lacrosse, those are two of the oldest programs. Virginia's about 50 years younger, but they're still pretty old um, in terms of some of these other programs that are newer. Um, and so that's always interesting when you see these long stretches uh, of teams not playing uh, against each other, especially um, back, you know, back when you know, that Lehigh situation, back in the day, there was not that many teams, uh, which is surprising that they would not play. Uh, so Army and Virginia is definitely one to circle, um, you know, and, and definitely one I'll, I'll be watching. It's on ACC Network Extra um, at noon, I believe, is when that time slot is scheduled for. Um, you know, the one thing I, 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 I would say to watch for in this game is can this Virginia offense continue to do what they do and then – how does, uh, you know, Army's had a bit of an offensive resurgence um, in recent years. Uh, 
with Brendan Nick Cone, just absolutely light, absolutely lighting it up. Um, and so how does this Virginia defense, and I know they talked about it on the broadcast a lot, and I talked about it on the podcast here on, uh, was that uh, Sunday or Monday? Uh, Tuesday was that, you know, how um, this Virginia defense is pretty was pretty young last year. Uh, they returned Sawstad after that injury, um, and so and and Kology is kind of the number one guy now. So it'll be interesting to see if that Virginia defense keeps up the pace they showed last weekend against Towson. Alex Road has got to play good as well. Um, so and, and look, this is a this is a team that they do lose a lot, uh, but at the same time. They return some absolute ballers. I mentioned Nick Turner, I mentioned Huggins, um, and I mentioned Schupler as kind of you know that three-headed monster there, uh, you know the big three there at West Point that Virginia is going to have to worry about. Now, heading back down to the Tar Heel State, where. High Point will face Robert Morris. Um, so High Point, this is a game that High Point took last year, I believe. Yeah, High Point took last year. Um, it was a 16-12 victory for High Point. It was 6-6 at halftime, and High Point kind of, um, kind of ran away with things. In the second half, um, excuse me, uh, Robert Morris ran away with things in the second half, 15 to 11 victory there. Um, and you no, know, Robert Morris is coming off of this loss to Duke, which was very, very competitive. Um, high point, they've had was it one or two scrimmages, I believe, um, thus far, uh, scrimmaged was it Lynchburg or somebody like that. On January thirty first, maybe. Um, so they've gotten some action in against another color jersey. Um, you know, we saw what the Colonials can do against Duke. Um, you saw Corson Keeley, Ryan Smith uh, go off there. Ben Savick had a phenomenal day in cage. Um, now, when you look at, and I think they'll continue to to play well and I think we should see some more diversity on that offense uh, get, get more guys Jimmy Perkins Austin Popovich those guys involved not that they won't last game but just more productive maybe get some more points out of those guys um and then defensively you know Sean Vines guys like that um should be more productive here as well um as they you know last year RMU you could argue one of the best games that they lost was against High Point. They played very, very well. Um, so playing them again again this year, coming off that loss um, to Duke on Sunday. On the High Point side, you know, this is a team that went, wide, I don't want to say down to the wire, but they they gave Virginia a run for the, a run for the money last year. Um they have a very solid offense. Asher Nolting, Tyler Hendricks, Devin Buckshot, just to name a few. 
So this is a high point squad that can play. And we know they can play, especially on that offensive end. Um, they can, you know, what, from what we saw last year and the year prior, uh, can get some things in transition. Uh, we know what Ashley Knowlton is. Uh, we know how good and how dangerous he can be with the ball in his stick. So, obviously, number one guy you have to worry about there is Ashley Knowlton. 33 points last year. 11 goals, 22 assists. Now, working on the defensive side of the ball, Parker Green uh, in cage for them had a phenomenal year last year. I'll be looking for him to step up uh, and, and have a good game uh, at his first year, his uh, first game of his sophomore season. Uh, the Memphis native uh, played very, very well last season. Should have another. Good year uh, under his belt here in 2021. Last game I want to talk about here on today's episode is Richmond and Loyola. This is a this is probably outside of Virginia Army. This is probably the biggest game of the weekend. I know you could say Denver Air Force, and we already previewed that on Tuesday. If you want to go back and listen to that a bit. Um, but this is probably the biggest matchup. This is Richmond Loyola, preseason number one in the SoCon host, the preseason number one in the Patriot League. This is the first ever meeting between these two squads. Um, and while I think a lot of more casual lacrosse fans would probably look at this and say, you know, Richmond, Loyola, Loyola's the better team. Mind you, what I just mentioned about five, ten minutes ago, Richmond almost beat Duke last year. What was uh, two years ago, last full season. They've given Duke a run for their money like two, three straight years. They beat Notre Dame in 2019 as well, mind you. So this is, and they are the, well, they're going for a three-peat this year in the SoCon. Going for the third straight title in the SoCon. This is the most talented team in the SoCon. Um, and they have a swath of fifth-year guys coming back. Ryan Lanchberry, uh, you know, a star attackman there. Jack Rustbolt uh, in, in cage, and then Sean Mingus, who is the top pole uh, top defenseman. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Like, they have depth on this team. They've got youth, young talent on this team that can step up as well. For Loyola, you know, they do get back Ryan McNulty for the fifth season. Aiden Olmstead's back um, as a senior. Kevin Winley's back as a senior to run that offense. And I thought they did a phenomenal job last year. You know, everyone was asking the question, you know, how's this offense going to work without Pat Spencer? I think Olmstead Lindley did a good job um, kind of running that offense. Um, you know, if I remember correctly, it wasn't necessarily a QB, you know, a Batman Robin type situation where you have one guy running the offense. 
Um, but it was more of a duo type situation there where they both took the keys and ran with it. Um, I believe it was Lindley, or maybe Olmstead, that Spencer gave the number seven jersey to. Um, I don't have the roster in front of me, so I don't necessarily remember who had that seven, but I do know it was one of them too. And then Sam Schaefer in Cage had a breakout season last year as a junior for the Greyhounds and looking for him to step up again here in uh, the Greyhounds opener. So that's going to be a very, very fun one. Um, believe that is at 1 p.m. And will be streamed on, and you can go to lacrossebucket.com. We have a 2021 D1 schedule tab that has every schedule, uh, every game on it. I still need to update some of the later dates. We'll do that uh, actually tonight, but uh, we do have every game this weekend on there. Uh, that game is on ESPN Plus, as well as High Point and RMU, Virginia, and West Point is ACC Network Extra. Duke Mercer is ACC Network. And then the Denver Air Force is that Pioneer Vision. And then UNC in Jacksonville is also ACC Network. That is all for today's show. Again, thank you all for tuning in, listening. Uh, we will see you all on Sunday to recap the weekend that was. In the meantime, uh, subscribe on iTunes, Google, Spotify, uh, all those other podcast platforms, social media, at Lacrosse Bucket, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. The website is lacrossebucket.com. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the lacrosse.